And joining me right now here on the Mark Mosey Show is this guy does every Tuesday. He's my great friend, Alan Slaughterzinski with Brevard Sports Network. Alan, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Mark. Uh, man, you can tell that it's already no football on, man. I know. But you do have some postseason high school sports. So let's start with soccer. I know we're getting to the, the end here. Who's still live here in Brevard County? We, we had three teams reach the Final Four. And I want to congratulate uh, the Edgewood Lady Red Wolves. They reached the state championship game last Saturday and came up just a bit shortly. Fell one to nothing to Montverde. Uh, man, really outplayed them in the game, but the ball just didn't bounce their way. So they uh, they are the official 3A state runners up. So congratulations to them. And tomorrow morning, Mark, I'll be making the trek up I-95 up to Deland. Uh, Speck Martin Stadium, where both the boys and the girls Vieira soccer teams are playing in the 6A Final Four. The winner, uh, if they win tomorrow, then they will play in the 6A state championship game on Saturday. Uh, the Vieira boys are the defending state champs. This is their fourth straight Final Four appearance. And for the girls, it's their second Final Four appearance in three seasons. And I think both of them have a very, very good shot to play on Saturday. The one caveat to all of this mm-hmm. is that the girls play at 10 a.m. and the boys play at 7 p.m. Oh. So all that I can all that I can say is thank God there's a Bucky's close by. <laughs> Are you going to be there for like seven hours? What are you it doing? Appears so, it, it appears so, doesn't it? Yeah, so, all right, what'd you say? <laughs> Early morning, maybe you could take a nap yeah. in the car. Maybe you could do that. Maybe. Oh, that will that will certainly happen. Yeah, even if you got a hotel, you still couldn't go to the hotel till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Correct. So, yes, no, it'll be an interesting day in Deland tomorrow. What do you think about chances of both of them winning state championships? Um, I don't know that the girls will. The girls will, if they win tomorrow, the girls will likely have to go through the number one team in the country to win the state soccer championship, and that's Ponte Vedra. Now, listen, look, back in 2017, when they were 16, when they won the state championship, they, they, they ended up being the USA Today national champions, the Vieira girls team, because they beat the number one team in the country in the final four. So it's not possible, but, it's a tall challenge for them if they get to the state championship. They should win tomorrow, in my opinion. The boys, listen, you know, they're the defending state champs. They've, you know, they, they, there were times this year they played like the Kansas City Chiefs. They, they, they look bored out there. You know, this is their fourth straight Final Four. I don't know what we're going to get tomorrow with the boys, but I will say this. If they play the soccer that they've played over the last three years when they've reached this point, they'll win their second state championship. That's soccer. Good luck to Vieira, boys and girls. Everyone's going to be rooting for them here in Brevard County. And we're here with Alan Slaughterzinski, Brevard Sports Network. Okay, what do you got going on for baseball, softball here then? Everything, man. It's in full swing. You know, we did a game Friday night, Melbourne O'Galley. It was a good game. Big shout-out to Connor O'Keefe there for uh sophomore catcher. Uh, I also want to give a big shout-out, Mark, to uh, former O'Galley center fielder Diamez Ross. He graduated in 2022. He's a sophomore at Florida State. And if you happen to be watching Sports Center the other day, mm-hmm. the number seven play of the day was Diamez Ross climbing the wall and robbing a home run 
of uh, of a Western Carolina catamount. And uh, Diamez was our 2022 Brevard Sports Network Boys Baseball Player of the Year. And uh, so, again, I, you know, it's not just Coco football that's got talent at the next level. You know, Alex Sosa, our Boys Baseball Player of the Year last year, Mark, is at NC State as a true freshman. And he's played in every game this year so far. Um, he's DH and he's, he's, he's catching. Uh, and you're talking about a team, Mark, that's ranked 13th nationally in the country in the Wolfpack. So it's a lot of fun. You know, I'm very excited for baseball this year, both from a collegiate standpoint, because we have so many Brevard County standouts playing at big time programs. And, um, both, you know, in a major league pers- uh, perspective, I mean, let's be honest, the Orioles are, should be pretty good this year. Oh, let's see. I like you put the little personal thing there at the end. I like that. Yeah. Uh, with your guys' schedule for calling games, is there like a set days? Like, oh, we play every Friday or Monday. Like, how does it work with your guys' broadcast schedule? Yeah, we do a lot of Friday night baseball, boys baseball. Um, we have a package with the Vieira boys baseball team to do 12 of their games. So we've got a game for Vieira baseball tonight. We've also got tonight uh, softball on tap as Melbourne, the best girls softball team in the county over the past three seasons, plays a, one of the top teams in the state tonight in Lake Mary at home. We also have girls lacrosse. They kick off tonight. So, yeah, we've got um, we've got a lot of spring sports in high gear right now and uh, very excited to be bringing it to, it, to, to the county. Are there any other sports going on right now? Wrestling state championships come up this weekend. Um, you know, unfortunately, and I'm not sure what the reason is, and hopefully we can get this corrected in the future, but – not as dialed in on the wrestling as I'd like to be at Brevard Sports Network. You know, we pride ourselves yeah. on all sports all the time, but uh, we'll get it fixed. No, that's okay. I, I wanted to ask you that question. We're here with Alan Sauterzynski. All right, so that's high school sports. And like you said, Vieira's coming up for boys and girls for soccer. They're both trying to go for a state championship. Let's go to college athletics. You're bringing this up. We didn't get to talk about this last week. There was this report for college football that's going to a 12-team playoff. Then they're already saying we should go to 14, Allen, and the S, the SEC and the Big Ten's like, well, we should get 14 qualifiers. What are your thoughts as a guy that likes college football? Can we just try 12 first? I mean, you know, can, can we just try 12 first? I, I'm, I am in favor of the 12 team playoff. I have been from the start. Mm. I think when you look at the division two setup, you know, having become extremely familiar, with the Division Two setup because of Florida Tech and covering them for the years that they were here, and yeah. I'm a big fan of Western Florida uh, football. I'm a you know I'm a big fan of Valdosta State football. Both of those programs have won national championships in the last five or six years. So I've watched with you know with a great deal of intensity, if you will, Division Two football, and I've watched how that playoff system works out. Now, uh, obviously, they send a lot more than twelve teams. But, you know, when you look at Division One college, I think 12 is the number, Mark. I really believe 12 is the number. And, and I think that it can all work out so perfectly. I think if you add any more than that, man, do you have to get into extra weeks? And, you know, the SEC and the Big Ten are crying. We want four automatic qualifiers. I, you know, I, I, come on, Mark. I mean, college football is already – 
with the transfer portal, with the NIL, it's, it's already truly the minor leagues, the AAA of the National Football League. You know, let's just try this 12-team playoff yeah. and see what happens with it. I think it's going to be extremely successful. And I say that because I foresee the the seven or eight or nine seeds pulling upsets in round. I see this happening. I do. And I think that's going to be terrific for the game of college football. I think if you go any more than that, I, I think you're really pushing the boundaries. How many games do you have to win to then win the championship? That's my question. I, I don't I, want to see four lost teams making the college football playoff, Mark. I don't Three either. Lost teams even. You know, and I think when you're getting, I think you're going to be pushing the boundaries at 12 with three lost teams as it is sometimes. You know, I think if you go 14, you're definitely going to see three lost teams in the college football playoff. And I don't want to see that. I like the 12 team playoff because all these teams that have been complaining over the last couple of years, like we deserve to be in, we deserve this. You shafted us. We didn't get in. Well, now you're going to get your chance, and you might get destroyed by Alabama in round one. But that will finally yeah. settle this. Do you feel that way? No, because the argument then shifts to 13 and 12. I, I mean, yes. it, it does. I mean, it, I mean, let's be honest here. You know, we know what ESPN is going to do, right? Here's what they're going to do, Mark. They're going to give us the top 10 teams. That's what they're going to do. You're going to get the top 10 teams. This is how Selection Sunday is going to take place. You're going to get the top 10 teams in the country. And then for 30 minutes, we're going to debate 11, 12, 13, and 14. And that's how they're going to do it. It'll be the final four out with the number 12 team in. I've told you this. They've already decided some of those teams. Like, Notre Dame's going to be in. No matter. Of course. Notre Dame's going to be in. They're going to have three losses. They're in. Um, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, those teams will be in as well, just by showing up look, with their brand. Look, I think that for guys like me who are fans of the Maryland Terrapins, I think for many of the football fans here in this great state, you know, UCF, um, you know, all you know, those two years, Mark, where it, what were they? You know, where where did, where should they have been? You know, they would have been college football playoff teams under a twelve team format. So. I think it's great for that aspect. You know, look, I mean, every once in a blue moon, you'll see a Maryland Terrapin team sneak in there, a Virginia team, you know, NC. You know what I yeah. mean? You'll see those teams in there every once in a while. You're always going to have your powerhouses, your Michigans, your Ohio States, your Alabamas, your Georgias. They're always going to be there. For me, for this 12-team playoff, it's going to be 7 through 12 that, that I, I'm intently watching. Do you understand there's still a Pac-12, even though it has two teams? <laughs> you know that, right? I mean, I, I mean, it's almost like they're afraid to kill it because of the year they had last year. They had the best year of any of the conferences, Mark. I know. It's Remember, they had to change the format. Because, remember, it was supposed to be, what is it, the top four or five? No, so wait, the top four conference winners get the automatic yeah. buy. And then, but they didn't know what to do with Pac-12 because they're still there with two teams. It's almost like you can see the Pac-12 strapped to the table waiting for the call from the governor, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, is the stay of execution, yes, you have been saved for another 60 days. See, I are they going to get in? I, see, I don't know what's going to happen here. It, I, 
No. Listen, let me tell you something, and I, I'm just going to say this. Um, watching what's taking place at the high school football level here in the state of Florida today, tomorrow, the Florida High School Athletic Association, Mark, are debating the – they're debating NIL. You know, um, it's – you know, for high school, Mark, it's legal in 36 states in this country. So high school players – can sell their name, image, and likeness. Now, Florida's unique because of the 36 states that currently name, image, and likeness is legal in, they do not have a liberal transfer policy, meaning that kids can't just up and say, I'm going to go play here. They can do that in Florida. So Florida's got to fix the transfer policy first before they can enact NIL because the bag of worms that you're going to open is exactly what you're seeing in college football. The state of Florida in high school football can become exactly like college football if they don't get it fixed. For all intent and purpose, Mark, the only thing right now, the only thing that college football has going for it is this 12-team playoff. Whether you like it or whether you hate it, it's the only thing they have going for them. Because if you dig beneath the surface of college football, it is truly a remarkable mess. And I say that, with with facts, you look at the transfer portal, you look at NIL, you look at how I mean if you if you look at the transfer portal right now, and it's a trickle down effect, Mark, and it's gonna hurt these kids in high school. You know, kids that were four and five star guaranteed division one power five recruits ten and fifteen years ago, Mark, they can't get into a division two college right now. And so the entire state of college football is a mess. So here they go right now tinkering with something they didn't have to mess with at all once they said we were going to take it to 12 teams. So I don't know, Mark. I, I, you know, I, will I watch it every Saturday? Will I get up? Will I watch ESPN game day? Absolutely. But you just better know that underneath of everything we're seeing that's on your television screen, it's a hot mess, buddy. We're here with Alan Sloterzynski, Brevard Sports Network. I like you brought up the high school thing. Someone emailed me that article the other day as well. Um, now, look, I have my opinion, but my opinion might not matter. It might just happen moving forward because all this stuff keeps changing. But my thought is uh, no. No to NIL for minors. You're under 18. I don't want to hear this. Just stop. I'm not – I've told you this for years – I'm not coming on here with you and breaking down eighth graders and what their their ideas where they're, they're going to take their talents to, you know, Melbourne High School. I'm not doing minor stuff where they're under 18, Alan. That's how I feel on this. I just ridiculous. I'm not doing and you that. and I and you and I are completely on the same page. We've already discussed it at Brevard Sports Network. If you look at our page, we never, ever, ever will post or publish about a kid that's going to play in another high school. We don't do it. No. Now, there are many outlets out there that do do it, but we won't shine a light on it. We won't. Hey. And there are many reasons for that. I'm, I'm, I'm in your corner. I'm 100% behind you I, on this. I, I am very hesitant. I will not rip a minor on the air. If it's a 15-year-old in a football game and he fumbles, I'm not going to go on the air and rip him. He's still a kid, right? He's trying his best out there. Now, if they if they make it where, oh, I can make name, image, and likeness, and my brand, they start talking like that, then that student athlete is fair game. I'll rip him apart on the air if he screws up. That's my thing. Perfect. 
perfectly said, and we said the same thing. You know, you know, you don't. These kids are out here playing right now for the love of it. But if you know, if little Johnny is driving around an Alexis from ABC Motors, mm. right? Um, and he and he throws an interception. Uh, me and little Johnny, uh, I'm gonna talk about little Johnny and what he oh. didn't see and the reads he missed. I, I, we're on the same page with this. And look, some people might disagree, right? And that's fine. I get it, but I. This is like ridiculous. After a while, I I can't once, believe. Once you get paid to, to to do your craft, then you're open to criticism. This has always been my rule, and we're here with Alan Slutersinski before it's Sports Network. And yes, he does a great job. Him, Caleb, his whole staff. Um, this is my thing. You can rip a pro athlete for something that happened on the field, right? Correct. The yes. his family, you know, family friends. That's off limits. Just him, the athlete you can rip, not anyone else. But I, this is going to be interesting. My my advice to a 15, 16-year-old, uh, make sure you know how to read and write and get your high school education, number one. That's my number one thing. And if you have a yeah. chance to go play at a higher level and get a free ride, yeah, you go for it, right? But I'm not, I'm not going to be – I know I'm on my high horse here, Alan. I'm not going to break down, oh, he played for uh, – MCC, then he played for Melbourne, then he played for Palm Bay. It's ridiculous after a while, in my book. Yeah, no, it is. And and I think, you know, and really, honestly, one of these days we should have a conversation about it. But I think and why we see what we are seeing at the high school level, especially in this state. And, you know, a lot of it stems to the parents, Mark. Um, you know, I saw a post on National Signing Day from a parent that said, you know, that was criticizing Coco football because they didn't send anybody to go play for a D1, T5 school. And I thought, how disgusting, how absolutely disgusting is this? This kid is going, this student athlete is going to get a free education because they, they're very good at the sport of football. They will not have to pay for their education. They're going to play D1 football, okay? But it, because it wasn't at Alabama or D1 P5 school, the parent was saying all Coco cares about is, you know, winning state championships and this. It's ridiculous, Mark. It's absolutely ridiculous. Schools like Coco and O'Galley, they put eight, nine, 10, 11 kids in college every signing period. I don't care what college they're putting kids in. The bottom line is they're putting kids in college. I know. I agree with you. What's interesting is, is Caleb Williams, who potentially could be the number one pick in the NFL draft. From the standpoint of, he's kind of the first one where he won a Heisman. We've seen that before. But he jumped, transfer portal jumped from Oklahoma to USC, and he went a full season with NIL. He's the next generation of the college athlete that's going to jump to the NFL. And it'll be interesting to see how he, as an individual, jumps to the NFL. with Because that's going to be every student athlete moving yeah. forward. That's what I find fascinating. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to watch Caleb Williams. And I think it's going to be interesting to keep your eyes on Arch Manning. Yeah, he hasn't even played yet. In college, that's that's the beautiful thing. But yet, there he is at the top of everybody's list in nil money. He he might not play again this fall because of I Texas. Know. <laughs> I know. You imagine, dude. I know you're jealous because think about that. You're a Manning. First off, then you'll have two years at the University of Texas. You don't even have to play, and the nil money's coming in. I know you're jealous, buddy. 
be awesome. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that and, you know, listen, man, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I, 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 I I don't think I'd be sitting on the phone talking to you if back in my day there were collectives and NIL money. That would have motivated the hell out of me to stay away from girls and every distraction off the field. You know, if I had an opportunity to make money playing high school football, holy smokes, or college football, holy smokes, Mark, forget about it. I wouldn't even know what a girl was. Um, you're such a liar. But we're here at the Alan Slaughter's (laughs) – now laughing. We're here at the Alan Slaughter's Inski, Brevard Sports Network. Let's end with this. Um – did you see this Cam Newton video where uh they're at the seven on seven tournament and then some other coaches try to jump him? What is this nonsense? I yeah, you know, I don't know the whole story behind it, but I do know this. I do know that I've been to many, many, many of these seven on seven tournaments. Let me just say this. Um so a lot of these tournaments are out of control. We have one right here that's run out of Brevard County. In fact, Caleb Caleb works with them on the weekends. He, you know, he contracts out to them. He goes, he was, Caleb was in Tallahassee two weeks ago, um, for the weekend. Caleb will be in Tampa this weekend for a seven on seven tournament. And he sees Cam Newton's teams at these tournaments and, you know, this NFL player and that NFL player. What happens at these tournaments, Mark, is that parents and, and first of all, everybody is interacting far too close together. I mean, the access that you get, and I mean, you can walk, I mean, you could literally walk right past a Cam Newton and, you know, you stand behind Cam in the, in the food truck line. That's just the way it goes, right? So listen, uh, you know, all I'll say is this, a lot of these seven on seven tournaments spend as much money on security Mm. as they do putting the tournaments on themselves. And there's, you know, that's a whole, that's a whole nother conversation in terms of what's going wrong there. And it was just a matter of time before something like that happened. Again, I don't know the specifics of it. I do know Cam was smart and not fighting back. Yeah. Um, um, simply because he protects himself, he protects his brand. Um, and listen, whether you love Cam or hate Cam or love what Cam is doing or hate what Cam is doing, the bottom line is he's got a very successful post-football brand, Mark. And he he did everything in his power to protect that. So I'll leave it at that. What makes it fascinating to me is when you see the video, it looks like like kids are attacking him, right? And that was yeah. kind of the initial reaction for people when you see the video. Oh, no, this is out of hand. This is crazy. When you do some research, the journalistic hat I put on, so it appears – these were people, these were adults who were coaches at the 7-on-7 seven seven where they used to work with Cam Newton. So something must have happened. We don't know the full story. But here's, you know, it is, go ahead. What I was just going to say is everyone looks like a little kid by Cam Newton. That's what this is yeah. about. Those are full-grown men, but he's 6'5", 260. He's a giant. Yeah. That's why they look like little kids. And he could have done damage if he wanted to do damage. And that's why, Mark, I don't go to these seven on seven tournaments, Mark. It's why I, it's why I'll sit home this weekend if I don't have anything to do and I'll watch the dynasty on Apple TV and just be happy with that. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, Caleb will go, Caleb will go handle that and, 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 and I'll watch from afar. What is the dynasty show? Well, if if you've never read Jeff Benedict's book, The Dynasty, about the New England Patriots, first of all, it is one of the best books 
that goes deep inside of the New England Patriots dynasty. The entire thing, the you know, it goes all the way up until the book is written from from when Robert Kraft um, really purchases the team and how he builds the team to how it becomes the dynasty, how he gets Belichick, the whole Brady blend. So, Mark, they don't leave anything out, anything out. Spygate, uh, Deflategate, it's all in there, and it's one of the best in-depth books that I've ever read. And now they have taken that book and they have made it into a docuseries on Apple TV in which they actually bring many of the participants in. They sit them down in studio, and they interview them. And you see clips you've never seen before, like when Tom Brady's a rookie, and you know he buys a condo from Lawyer Malloy, and Lawyer Malloy says, I left $150,000 on the table. You know, I gave Tom a great deal, and Tom says, he's full of you-know-what. He ripped me off on this condo. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it, is, it is truly – one of the best in-depth books, behind-the-scenes books I've ever read, and I'm so glad that uh, Jeff Benedict decided to allow Apple to do this, and I'm so glad that Apple allowed Benedict to be a producer on this. You know, that the book, The Dynasty, about the uh, New England Patriots, and then there's another great book if you're looking for a book. It's called Boys Will Be Boys. It's about the 1990s Dallas Cowboys and that's another book that doesn't leave anything out about the Cowboys winning on the field and how they partied off of it. And I got to tell you, you know, it's an eye opener. Both books are eye openers. And if you get an opportunity over the next off season to 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 watch this docu series, to get these books on on audio, I highly highly recommend them. Great conversation today with this fine gentleman, Alan Slaughterzinski at Brevard Sports Network. Alan, thanks for your help and have a great day. Mark, appreciate the time, buddy.